Hi there, I'm Adam Young, editor of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, and this is The Lead. In this weekly podcast, we highlight some of the big stories impacting Lubbock and the South Plains. I visit with a few of our reporters. We talk a bit about what they're working on and stories they expect to share in the coming days. So let's get started. I'm joined again this week by the Avalanche Journal's business reporter, Alana Edgen, and our trends and breaking news reporter, Matteo Rosilis. I want to talk about cool things, specifically, uh, I want to start with Dave and Busters. They're, they are opening um, in the coming weeks, uh, coming days here in Lubbock, and they invited our newsroom to go out and tour, whatever tour means. I'm just going to play skee-ball, but what are, what are you all planning on doing when we go out there this week? Well, I definitely want to attempt to do skee-ball. I haven't done it probably since I was like playing in a Chuck E. Cheese when I was in middle school, so we'll see if those skills stay and then trying out some food and drinks i've heard they have good drinks i've heard they have good drinks too but i'm also kind of interested in kind of seeing the difference between the what dave and buster has to offer versus the other entertainment locations in town um i know we kind of been it's kind of running joke that there's nothing to do in lubbock so it's going to be interesting to see what they can bring and what kind of crowd they can attract and what they can offer the lubbock's I've never understood that running joke. I think there's plenty to do, especially with kids I mean, with the adult, science spectrum and the parks, go out and run. That gyms. is true. I think as an adult, you have a lot more options, but as a child or like a high school student, maybe not so much. So maybe this is another way to entertain some high school students or some middle school students, if anything. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm only familiar with Dave and Buster's from one particular office episode. So I know not to get on a pool table or I'll be kicked oh. out. <laughs> Good rule to have. Good rule in life. <laughs> but otherwise, it looked like a fun place. Yeah. Just yeah. Uh, go is uh, date Mike. And I guess that's the persona one must have, except I'll be uh, working, so yep. I won't be behaving like that. <laughs> uh, so that's one of the upcoming businesses uh, that uh, you mentioned in uh, last week's column. Uh, Alana, you've also got a couple other things that uh, are, are on the horizon. Sure. So, of course, we're hitting the end of the month. We are going to have the big story that we always have at the end of the month where it talks about all of the recent openings, closings, and locations that have announced. One of the locations that closed is Sunburst Market, which Brandy Addison actually did. She did a great job on that. And then Faith to Farm, which is an Idaloo farm, is going to be taking over that location. That story should be coming much later in May. But we should be seeing that along with Revival Mills. I know we mentioned it a couple times here. Finally had the interview last week. Stories should be coming out later this week. And Revival Mills, what's their, uh, uh, what's their thing again? They make flour from locally sourced grains. And the grain actually comes from New Deal. There's a really cool story to go there. And we go into the science of it. And then they also gave me a bag of flour that they milled like exactly in front of me. I have a video of it that'll go with the story. So I'm going to attempt to make cookies with it and we'll see if it's better or just as good. They were saying that once you try it, you're never going to go back. So plan to test that out. Funny note is that they actually milled the grain right here on this table that we're recording the podcast at. Yes. So it's just kind of funny that that happened here in this podcasting recording space of ours. When they did a demonstration of the product that, that was when i was out of the office i would have come in and seen that that's pretty cool yeah i think it was just alex and i in here that day and so i just kind of had this whole space and they put the portable mill onto this table and did the whole thing so it was pretty cool 
just really like that, you know, they're sourcing local, uh, locally grown um, grains here for that. And, and so you're going to turn that into cookies. You said chocolate chip, right? Yes. What's your recipe? What's your go-to recipe for chocolate chip cookies? So depending on which group of the family you're going with, my grandma has a wonderful recipe, but it requires more things than I usually have. My mom and I, we always just use the recipe that's on the back of like the chocolate chips packet. Classic Toll House recipe. And we'll, we're just going to try that. Hopefully it works. Do you eat raw cookie dough? Yes. Same. No shame. I, it's fantastic. Prob- I usually try to make uh, like a batch and a half and eat, and I, because I can count on about half of the batch being consumed. The <laughs> bowl being licked or licking the spoon. For sure. Yes. That's the best part. Uh, my partner wishes I would not eat raw cookie dough because there's the potential that, oh, you know, maybe you'll get sick. And I'm like, if it hasn't killed me yet... Yellow. Exactly. Yeah. Just yellow. Yellow. Just yellow. And then you spent uh, more than a month working on a really cool project that dropped at the end of last week. Um, it was uh, National Independent Bookstore Week on Saturday. And this was a really neat roundup of area bookstores, comic bookstores. But they were, I think the emphasis, but that they, they were local. Yes. They had to be independently owned. So that usually translates into locally owned. Got to speak to four of our stores, two comic book stores, two classical bookstores. That's, of course, Second Chance Books, Wild Lark Books, Star Comics, and Monsters Lair. And one of the really cool parts with that is I got to go and do these interviews with Annie Rice, our photographer. And every time I do an interview with her, it is just so cool. She asks some great follow-up questions. And that should be a fantastic story. If our listeners haven't read that yet, please go read that. That was a lot of work. And there's also cats in there. So, you know, Books and cats. Understood. You know, obviously that was a that was a day last week, one of these kitschy national so and so days that are kind of hard to keep up with. But I like that this is a cool resource that people can look at any time to, um, I guess, get an idea of a local place to go um, shop at. I like how you kind of broke the information down. So it just it was a valuable tool, I thought too, along with just being a nice showcase of local businesses. Thank you. I'm hoping that it gets a, a lot of love from our readers. Love would be good. Mm-hmm. And then coming up later this week, Mateo, I know you're looking at another Texas Tech Regents meeting, and this one's in Lubbock now. Yes, so they're coming back to Lubbock for this uh, meeting. And this is kind of like the last meeting before the end of session, before they meet again in August. So it's going to kind of be a big meeting. Um, so hopefully we're going to have some updates on some of these construction projects right now. Right now it's totaling well over $100 million of construction that's happening on campus. So you can see it in the Academic Sciences Building, um, the National Ranching Heritage Le- uh, Life Learning Center, and then the Rip Griffin Park expansion. But also, what's not included in this on the uh, Regents' website is the South End Zone project, which is also kind of taken care of by another foundation that Texas Tech kind of made um, through the Board of Regents to kind of help streamline the process of that. And so we should also be hoping to get an updated budget on that and maybe some updated um, graphics as that. The renderings, yeah, those yeah. are always really popular. People oh, want to know what, what it looks like. Thank you both for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. And now for something completely different. I am speaking in regard to my role on the steering committee for the Lubbock 4th on Broadway July 4th festival coming up. It will be two months until that event comes, uh, that event being July 4th, Independence Day. 
that will be on a Tuesday, first Tuesday in July. That will be when the parade and all of the festivities, concerts of the fourth on Broadway event happens. I am, again, on the steering committee there. I am the chair of the Cabela's Youth Fishing Tournament. So be sure to show up for that that morning uh, through the afternoon. Uh, if you have a kid, that is. Uh, usually I see adults helping their kids with that. But we've got a couple of key dates coming up uh, in the near future, including on May 5th. That's the early bird pricing for parade applicants, if you're interested in doing that. And they are always seeking volunteers uh, to help either uh, with parking or various other roles, taking photos, anything you have a skill to do, uh, they are looking for help. Um as far as I go, I'm going to be hoping for a couple of volunteers, perhaps an intern, um, to help run the fishing tournament. It's uh, kind of a madhouse dealing with all the kids and their parents and weighing in and stuff like that, even though Cabela's has a great crew for that. So if you're interested, hit me up. You can also go to broadwayfestivals.com. That's where you can uh, take advantage of that early bird pricing for parade applicants. And if you're interested in being a vendor, food truck, things like that out there, uh, that's also the place you'd want to go do that. So great opportunity coming up two months out or on Thursday, uh, that is, we're two months out. So uh, now is the time to start thinking ahead. There's a lot going on around our community and we love your story ideas and tips. So please feel free to reach out to me at ayoung at lubbockonline.com. Give me a call or hit me up on social media. Here's hoping that Week Ahead brings great news and developments to Lubbock in our area. The lead is produced with the help of Avalanche Journal Trends and Breaking News reporter Mateo Rusilis and photo editor Annie Rice. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to a chance to check back with you next week.